Hey, this is Tom Gray. Welcome to This Stuff Matters, the podcast, and this is the episode for release date, September the 19th, 2023, and this is part two of my interview with Joshua Youssef, and if you uh, joined us last week for the first part, I know you're excited for this uh, conclusion of this interview. It's rich, rich, valuable um, perspective, knowledge, and and you know just insight, so... Uh, certainly, I'd like to ask you to download and share these. That's a big deal uh, for us, and uh, I hope you'll be very richly blessed by it. Uh, so here we go, part two of my interview with Joshua Yusuf. And then it seems like the little bit that I've talked with you before this time of interviewing you here is you have a, a certain component, maybe it's a significant part of the focus of the ministry that is a, has to be ready to react, um, to hot spots. I don't know if that's the right word or to, to severe events kind of a thing. It has to have some agility and mobility to it. Where's a, where's a tough place right now, or where's, where's a, a, a country or part of a country that really has your attention at the moment? I mean, uh, I would say Afghan, Afghanistan, but, um, I mean, that's, that one is so challenging that we've actually had a challenging time getting two of our staffers who, uh, who have actually have spent a lot of time in Afghanistan pre uh, withdrawal 2021. And, uh, they're just having a hard time getting in. Um, now I think they'll get in later this month or later in September. Um, but it's, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy even to, uh, to set foot back, even if you're an indigenous person, it's not easy to set foot back in Afghanistan. If you, if you were someone who was seen, deemed uh, in opposition to the Taliban. And so that is a challenging place. The, the other place is Pakistan. I mean, these, these apostasy laws have created this huge uh, fervor amongst the religious, the really strict religious Muslims in Pakistan that's resulted in mob violence or like kind of vigilanteism. And so you could you can have you can start a rumor on Facebook that says you know two teenage Christians burned a Quran, and then all of a sudden you've got six burned churches and a hundred Christian homes burned in thirty six hours. And so this environment is just a powder keg. Iran is a, is another challenging place. We've got two people on the ground in Iran uh, handling uh, various cases and working with the church alongside the persecuted church. You know it's it's hard to find an Iranian servant of the Lord that hasn't spent time in jail. And when I say time in jail, I mean years. Some of them spent three years or more in a, in a, in an Iranian prison. And so um, these are really, you know, sometimes when I'm with my Arab team, I'll, I'll hear these stories about them getting picked up by the secret police or having issues with local kind of fundamentalist Muslims. And they'll say, uh, I'll say, you know, am I a Christian? Like, I'm, I'm kind of like questioning my faith, you know? And, uh, and then they go hang out with our Persian team or our Afghan team. And then they come back and go, are we Christians? And I said, well, if you're saying that, <laughs> what's, what hope do I have? But uh, this is kind of a joke we have internally. I don't need to yeah. be able to question their faith or insurance, no. but it's, it is, uh, uh, it is a, it's a wonderful thing to be working alongside some really brave and, and uh, persevering people. Wow. And, and so I, you know, I want to, a couple questions from now, I want to ask you about the best way for 
the the best application of what you're seeing and the perspective that that your that your perspective brings. You know, what's the best application for American Christians, uh, given the reality of what our brothers and sisters are enduring around the world? But, um, I, I mean, well, I mean, let's just start with that. I mean, what? what mm what should we do, I guess, or what should we take away? Um, and then you can you just want to dovetail straight into ways we can do so maybe with and through help the persecuted and with you guys, what, you know, as we, we feel the ache for our brothers and sisters uh, around the world and, and awaken to their uh, struggles, you know, how does that affect our faith? Number one, and then what, what can or should we do in response? Number two. Look, I, um, for me personally, it, it has challenged my faith to work alongside the persecuted church and to hear their stories and to read their, their accounts. And I think, I think part of that is that, yeah, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, our faith does seem kind of what I'll call anemic here. You know, it, it, it can take on, um, we, we sometimes take worldliness and we kind of put like a God, like um, God sprinkles on it and, and we kind of sanitize it and we go, okay, this is the Christian life. But do we really, are we, are we faithful to the point of adversity? Like, are we faithful in adversity and are we willing to do things that would put us in such a position of discomfort for the sake of the gospel? And I, you know, I, and that takes on, I think, just a lot of, it could take on a lot of different forms for us in the West. So personally, I, I'm challenged, like, am I afraid, I'll, I'll give you an example, like, um, my team, when we were on the, one time we were on the Syrian border, and this woman uh, had come across the border, and I'm convinced her husband was an ISIS fighter, and um, and because there was a reason why she was leaving Syria, and she had her children with her, and one of my colleagues a lady said do you want to share the gospel with her or do you want me and i i froze for a second i thought i, I was thinking in my head like where's her husband what if he shows up what if he comes walking in the, the door right as we're doing that you know like and so she ended up sharing the gospel and i thought i i, I feel like i live in such a fearful state in the west and i'm why i don't understand why that is uh we ha we're not gonna no one no isis fighters gonna come running in and charge us i mean but but we we do we live in a I think we live in a state of fear, um, and I think the perseverance of this church. And Paul talks about this where he says, you know, when he says the I I, I tell of your of y'all's faith to the whole church in uh, in 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 Philippi or whatever. You know, he's he's constantly saying I'm I'm always telling people about your perseverance. And so I think I think there's a lot of exhortation that comes when we see people persevering under very challenging circumstances and that and i'm just being honest with you you know like that's my personal um struggle is 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 sometimes being fearful yeah. and so i think that there is a uh there's a lot that this that these people part this part of the body can teach us you know a friend of mine was telling me about a, a missionary friend of his and and um they were on a motorcycle and there was a war starting in the in their city and as the motorcycle was kind of driving through these gunshots were going off the indigenous worker said to the missionary, we are invincible until God takes us home. And I, 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 I like to think I live like that, but, uh, but, but oftentimes I don't. And uh, so I think there's a lot that this, that this, this part of the body can teach us. 
Yeah. And how, you know, how should we be getting engaged or how should at least some of us be getting engaged and how is that, how can we maybe partner with what you're doing? Well, I think making yourself aware, we do, um, we do a Saturday morning e-blast with, with very specific prayer requests for individuals and in our team. Uh, we do that every Saturday morning. So you can, you can sign up for that at htp.org and get the prayer a prayer report in your inbox every Saturday. So I think I think awareness is definitely something. I think I think praying. I think churches need to need to have regular prayer, not just to, at the the what is this first Sunday of November, the uh, persecution Sunday, you know. But every Sunday we should be praying for the body that's suffering and and pray for perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, I it's not out of the realm of possibility that God would call um, people you know, Tom from your church or, or whoever's listening that call them to the mission field. Right. I mean, that would be an awesome thing. It would be a great thing. Uh, and of course we, we, we rely on donations. So that's another, you know, we, we, we covet people's uh, support. We need it. And um, so that's, that's kind of my, my, my answer to that. Yeah, no, that's good. And we'll, we'll make sure we have the, the website link in the show notes for both of these episodes. It'll be the two parts of our overall interview, but well, Josh, I'd love to hear a, maybe a favorite, I don't know, a favorite might not be the right word, but a story uh, that you've encountered of a brother or sister of ours um, somewhere along the way. Because again, the perspective we get comes with inspiration for the development of our own faith and faithfulness. So yeah, I'd love to hear a story or two that, that really you think will resonate with, with our hearts uh, in a way that, that that moves us a little. Well, I, I love telling this one. I, 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 uh, this one has so rocked me. I've been doing this 20 years and, um, this one really rocked me. It was, um, we, we, we call him Muhammad. He has a different name. He lives in Lebanon now. And, um, he, he was a, he was a Sharia court judge in Syria. So he, he was basically, his job was to adjudicate different legal, you know, using the, the, the Islamic Quranic law the the sharia law to basically pronounce judgment on different people based on their crime and uh he ended up adjudicating a a case where an individual was killed that he was not so sure he really did it but he kind of felt like the people around him some of the isis people were saying like we want this guy dead and so they killed him and they actually ended up cutting his head off and this man ended up having a series of nightmares with a floating head. This this guy's floating head kept appearing in his nightmares and he was tormented. He was absolutely tormented by this. He ends up coming across the Syrian border into Lebanon. And um, these dreams, these nightmares continue. And he runs into somebody. ISIS at this point has sort of moved him out of the court system. And he's now become this recruiter, which they call a prince of ISIS, where a lot of people have sworn allegiance to this man. But he's tormented. He's not letting people know what's going on inside of him. And uh, he runs into a a Christian. And this Christian says, if you have questions, we want you to go see. um, I mean, it's a guy that works for us. This guy is very knowledgeable about the Bible. He he was he was a Muslim himself, and he's now a Christian. He can help answer your questions because he was really doubting his faith and doubting the the the, the adherence of Islam and the, what they were doing uh, behind closed doors. And so he went to Amin, and uh, 
Amin shared the gospel with him. And he, Amin says later, he says, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, be really bold with this man. Wow. Be bold with him. Even though, even though Amin knew like he had the beard and he was like, this guy's bad news. But he, he was very bold with him in sharing the gospel. And um, and I remember Amin saying that uh, that Muhammad was like visibly upset, like fi- visibly physically upset. He, he he said, I wondered if maybe there was something emotionally wrong with him, like psychologically, because he was so upset at what I was saying, almost physically convulsing. And um, he goes away. Muhammad goes away. Two weeks later, he comes back and he says, um, I want to tell you about a dream I had. And he said, you were in the dream of me. You, you were wearing white. You were wearing like a white robe. And you had this envelope in your hand. And you, you came walking up to me with this envelope. And inside the envelope was blood. And the blood was dripping out of the corner of the envelope. And the closer I got to this envelope full of blood, I leaned over. And I could smell perfume. I could smell like an incense, he said. And then, and then he said, then I woke up. And that was it. And Amin said, that's the blood I was telling you about. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That is the Son of God, Jesus Christ's blood shed for you. Amen. Amen. He began to weep. He just began to sob. And Amin says, like, oh, man, this guy, he may not be right. You know, he's like, you know, he's just so, you know, uh, later Muhammad told me, he said, I've never cried as an adult. I've never cried as an adult. I cried once as a kid. I can remember crying once or twice as a kid. Never cried as an adult. And he said, I just couldn't stop sobbing. Because, see, it was, it was interesting because when Muhammad came into the meeting, he said, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe the blood is my blood and it's going to get shed when I when I kill him and and am martyred for, for killing him either in imprisoned or whatever, or it's his blood that I'm going to shed because I think I need to do this because he has, he left Islam and he needs to come back. That was kind of what he did when he came into this, this meeting. And then when, when, I mean, gave him the answer, it was just a complete paradigm shift. He gave his life to the Lord. He's leading the church today. He, he does like 12 Bible studies a week. And is a wonderful musician, writes writes uh, Christian hymns. Um, and yeah, so the Lord can do anything. He nothing can stop it. Nothing, nothing, no one is beyond his reach. That's right. Wow, I love that. Wow, thank you very much for sharing that, Josh. I, I tell you, as we as we wrap up, I mean, what are there any any kind of last perspective nuggets or or inspirational nuggets to, to leave with our audience? You know, um, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I had a, a professor, a uh, friend of mine that went over to Lebanon uh, recently. And um, one of the, the dreams that he said that he encountered was a woman who said that um, in the dream, she saw in her dream, these people uh, that she'd never seen before. And then later, when she was invited to church, she ended up seeing the people that she saw in the dream before, like mm-hmm. weeks before. And, you know, one of my professors, Bruce Lowe, he said, you know, Josh, isn't that amazing that God gave her a picture of the body of Christ before she even met the body of Christ? And so, you know, God, I just want to say God is like, he's advancing, like he is, he's ordering our steps. The Bible talks about ordering our steps. He is ordering our steps. He's not caught unaware. He's not 
you know, whatever you're dealing with, you're struggling with is in our little environment, you know, God, God, God is ordering our steps. He is authoring things right now. And so we don't need to worry. Like, is this, is this catching him? Is God aware of this? You know, I need to make him aware of this. You know, (laughs) sometimes we think we need to do that. Right. Like, no, he knows. Uh, Just, just, yeah. Mm, That's so good. Oh, I love that. What a powerful and necessary reminder. Mm. Well, Josh, I mean, I, this is just means so much. I appreciate you taking the time to to hang with me a little bit today. I, I'm obviously going to be praying God will uh, richly use um, this conversation as it goes out through the podcast. So I'm just so humbled and thankful you'd take the time to join me uh, today. So thank you very much. No, thank you for having me, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me with this uh, for my interview with Joshua Yusuf. I know you're bl- I know you're blessed by it, and uh, I just uh, am thankful for all of you who um, who are not only getting something out of this but joining this movement. As we do want to stir up a revolution of souls in society, so you can help me expand the influence, expand the reach by by sharing these. You know, download and share them and. Uh, you'll you'll know people that I, I think probably you'll think will be blessed by these as well. So, all right. Well, we've got great stuff coming up in the episodes ahead. Every Tuesday is our is our goal to release a new episode. Certainly, hopefully, you will subscribe to that and uh, take advantage of that and be a part of this uh, this growing revolution. So, I appreciate uh, you being a part of it. And uh, until next time, this is Tom Gray, and this stuff matters. <laughs>